0: Okay, we are now broadcasting live. We want to welcome all of you guys who are uh who have joined who are joining as we speak and uh, I'm sitting here with three fantastic panelists of whom I will uh introduce to you uh pretty soon but first, I just want to um Make sure everybody knows what we're doing here before we jump on. We are doing a series, Nothing Is Wasted, live stream videocast series where we're trying to help you live, learn, and lead through this current coronavirus crisis. So we've picked a lot of different topics that we feel like are felt needs or, or pain points that um, everyone is experiencing, questions we're getting, we're getting asked a lot. So I want to make sure you're aware of the episodes that we have coming up. Uh, we've been doing this all week. We're going to continue it next week. And so next Tuesday, April the 7th, we have an episode called Fending Off Financial Crisis. We're bringing, on, um, bringing back on uh, Anthony O'Neill, who's a Dave Ramsey personality working at Ramsey Solutions. Joe Sangle is the president of Enjoy Stewardship Solutions. And Oz Hillman, who wrote uh, The Upside of Adversity. Man, we really could use some advice on that right now. Um, and he leads Marketplace uh, leaders and so he's gonna. They're gonna help us as we're trying to navigate the financial crisis, both both personally and from a macroeconomic level, and how it's affecting our businesses and and, uh, and our organization. So you're you're gonna want to jump on that. Um, we also next Thursday are going to be doing one called spiritual deepening despite social distancing. That's next Thursday at five thirty Eastern. That will. Um, finish off our series. Uh, We're bringing Tara Lee Cobble back on, who's the founder of V Groups, and she hosts the Daily Bible Recap Podcast. And then a Nothing is Wasted favorite, who's also been a guest co-host for us, Aubrey Sampson, will be joining us as well. And then I'm going to introduce you to a friend that you've not met yet, and that's Tyler Tatum, uh, works uh, at New Spring Church. You got to hear from Brad Cooper, who's one of the lead pastors there on our previous episode this past week. And Tyler's going to bring a lot of great wisdom. So you're not going to want to miss those episodes. And you can also go back and watch the episodes that we have on demand that we did this week, navigating the mess of motherhood during quarantine, as well as ministering in the midst of mayhem. Uh, you can go and find all of those at nothingiswasted.com slash livestream. In fact, we are putting that right now in the chat of this so that you guys can see it um, com slash live stream. Now this right here, this partic- particular episode is about overcoming emotional overwhelm. We want to help you as you are trying to navigate some of the emotions and the the feelings. We want to give you biblical encouragement, practical insights, and helpful hints to help you as you're navigating this. And so I've brought on what I would consider, uh, in, in my circles, the three, best voices that I could possibly think of to uh, bring on to talk about this particular topic of navigating uh, our emotions as, as we try to thrive in this season. Now, before I introduce them to you, I want to make sure that you know we're going to do a live Q&A at the end of this episode. So go ahead and down at the bottom of your screen, click on the Q&A button and start sending your questions in. We might answer some of your questions already just in the normal part of this episode, but go ahead and start sending questions so that we can field those and then we can uh, toss them out to our panelists right here. But speaking of panelists, let's, um, let's, let's hear from them. I'm going to shut up because you didn't sign on to hear from me and we're gonna, I want to introduce you to our panelists. So um, why don't we start, Justine, why don't we start with you? Go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Justine Froker and I am a licensed professional counselor by trade. Um, I suppose my claim to fame is that I have been certified and trained by Dr. Brene Brown, who is a shame and vulnerability researcher. So I um, teach the work of courage and the skill set of empathy and vulnerability. Um, Right now, currently, um, to a hole in a camera. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in phones, I miss people. Um, but I'm a corporate trainer. So I work with companies like, um, Boeing and ministry and education and across all industries and teach them really how to, um, love and lead
2: with Mm. courage and as their whole selves.
0: That's great. That's great. Allison, how about you?
2: I am Allison Cook. I am a psychologist. My specialty is the integration of faith with psychology. My um, PhD was in religion and psychology, so I try to meld the two in everything I do. I work here in Boston. I have a private practice primarily with ministry leaders. Um, I am a writer. I wrote uh, the book Boundaries for Your Soul, which is all about overwhelming emotions, so this is very apropos. And um, yeah, just hunkered down here in Boston with my family. We have two older kids, a junior in college and a senior in high school, so we our big task was finding four workspaces because we're all, my husband's working from home. I'm working from home. We all need confidentiality. Every once in a while I hear like a British accent coming up from one of my son's college professors. It's fascinating. Trying to give each other space, right? Not, not, Oh, I want to hear that. What goes on over there? <laughs> so that's, mm-hmm. that's been up. but, but the night, you know, every, every, every kind of person, right? Whether you got little kids, big kids live alone, nest. Mm-hmm. it's a different set of challenges for us on that angle everyone's pretty self-sufficient so once we got the space worked out we're we're kind of up and running here it's it's just like having different co-workers
0: <laughs> that's great wow well um mike i would love for you to introduce yourself as well all the way on the west coast
3: yes i'm mike foster i'm here in san diego california and i host a podcast called fun therapy i'm an author, a speaker, and executive counselor. I work with leaders working through different struggles and issues in their lives, and been married for 25 years this coming June. I've got two kids, and uh, I just love helping people build uh, strong lives and relationships by kind of leaning into the difficult parts of our lives and moving that towards healing and, and wholeness.
0: That's great. This guys is like the dream team. I sent some text messages out, and I cannot believe that everybody was able to say uh, yes and make some time for this. So, guys, I appreciate it so much for you making the time to do this and uh, serving our our world right now in a time that is in dire need of trying to figure out and sort through emotions. So, let's let's dive into it. Uh, the first thing I'd love to hear from you guys is on a personal level. I'd love to hear from each of you guys. You know, you're you're really well versed in instructing other people on how to um try to reorient and 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 uh renegotiate things based on what is happening and what is coming at them in response to their life but how has this changed or reoriented things for you how have you had to um begin to sort through some of the same types of emotional um uh, onslaught that's happened in your own life what does this look like for you personally not everybody at once. (laughs) This is what Mike, this is what you're talking about. Counselors, you got to just sit and listen,
1: take it (laughs) all in.
3: (laughs) I don't mind going first. I'll just, um, you know, one of the things that I know in seasons like this and crisis or loss or when um, we're experiencing things that just feel confusing and not the norm. I always in my own life, I go, all right, Mike, this is a really great time to take good notes mm. and pay attention to what's going on inside of you. And what's interesting, the things that I've noticed going on inside of me are a overwhelming sadness slash depression. And mm. that usually hits about towards the end of the day, because during the day I'm fully engaged in work and I'm, I'm, i want to be showing up for people and doing uh, the things that i've i 've been called to, but then when all of that sort of slows down in my my day and I get to the evening, there is just a, there's just an overwhelming sense of of sadness and I think frustration too and again, I think a lot of this thing and we 'll probably talk about this later is really what we 're experiencing is just this massive societal grief. Yeah, and I think I'm really in that that stage of sadness right now, uh, for things that have been lost in, in my own life, like things that have been canceled, people I can't see, things that uh, I once had that will never be coming back. Yeah. And so, again, taking good notes and trying to learn, and still holding on to hope in the midst of all of that. But but being as transparent as I can, mm-hmm. I think that is the overwhelming feeling that. I am recognizing in myself.
0: Mm. Well, Mike, what I love, I love what you mentioned already is this idea of loss, because I think sometimes when we think of loss, we think of it from a very um, uh, obvious vantage point. You know, if we've, maybe if we've lost somebody in our life and certainly, and unfortunately many people are and will experience that in this crisis, but you're also alluding to a lot of other types of loss. And I love that you called it loss. We can definitely talk about that in a little bit and how to wade through some of that loss. But I'd love to hear, Allison, from you and Justine, just how this has affected you guys personally in your your emotional state.
2: Yeah, as you described, Mike, the, the sort of stages of grief, right? So there's the the denial, the acceptance, the anger. The, I know for me, initially, the biggest thing I noticed was this odd feeling. It's just sort of surreal, especially as a therapist in my work, of, we're all in this together. And so Mm -hmm. I'm scrambling to process it. And, and, and in real time, while I'm trying to help my clients, and, uh, and, you know, my other people around me process it. And so how do you, you know, it's just unknown territory, it's uncharted territory, when it's this global, and, and when it affects me along with everybody else, and we're all kind of scrambling. So we see our different the different aspects of our personalities come out. It's just you know, the way that you cope. So for me, I kind of went into, and you're hearing this a lot, the adrenalized mm. productivity mode. All right, gonna get the, you know, get everybody yep. organized, you know, you kind of, and that lasts for a little while. That was like the first thing, then exhaustion, just exhaustion. Yep. And I heard that from a lot of people. And I was about, you know, again, with what you're saying, Mike, the self-awareness piece has been so important to take time each morning. Cause I'm, I, I've got to try to kind of pace, we got to pace ourselves mm. through this. Yeah. And so just noticing the exhaustion, noticing the slowing down and now kind of coming into, I'd say we're in the third week here in Boston. I think it's hit different parts of the country differently, but kind of this surreal feeling where there is a little bit of the acceptance of a new normal. And then every and moments of just, oh my gosh, this is surreal. Mm-hmm. And it really is those, those phases of grief, right? Mm-hmm. Of just, mm-hmm. you kind of adjust and then it's like, I'm adjusting to something that's really abnormal. I haven't put shoes on in a week, you know, that's, that's, you yep. know, So it's,
0: it's I went it's, ahead and put them on just for this. Cause I was like, I feel like I need to just to be a normal human being interact with, <laughs> with human beings. I need to put some shoes on.
2: <laughs> it's, it's really that. So that, that's a helpful, I think that, that is a, for me it's been helpful to just notice those ways and not be hard on myself, like in the hyper product, you know, yeah. it was what it was. It was what I needed to do then when I noticed the fatigue, okay breathe into that and then now it's more of there's a little bit the waves are not quite as you know they're a little bit more like this but they're still there and just mm. kind of surfing them as they come mm. so
3: mm-hmm.
0: that's great wow wow uh justine how about yourself
2: <laughs> you put
1: on shoes the other day i put on perfume <laughs> i was like i'm gonna put on perfume and jeans today it's gonna help well. me a brand new person and it did <laughs> and like my husband, Chad, wasn't even here. He had to go into the office that day by himself. And like, it was just like, okay, jeans and perfume. Like I might, I'm going to throw on some shoes too. So I, for me, it's been, there's multiple pieces because of the work that I am doing. Cause I no longer seen clients. So I had retired like a, about a year and a half ago. And so my speaking career and corporate training career had really started to take off. Mm right before this. And so it was this piece of like massive disappointment and fear, uh, loss of income. Will these events reschedule? Who Mm. wants deposits back? Who doesn't want deposits back? Will the reschedule work in the new schedule? And so, and like, so, and now where, who am I? I I feel like I am a a speaker who doesn't have an audience. Mm. Um, and, And yet I do. And so it was for me to really kind of stop and give myself permission to feel that new grief and loss and then also really step up and feel the nudge of like, okay, what now, how do you show up and serve the world with your gifts? Cause you know how to do that. Mm, yeah. And so trying to, but then also balance it with not going to total overproduction because it is, and you're just <laughs> going to go right into the exhaustion part of things, because this is also the other side of this for me too, is very igniting to my grief. So mm. um, my husband and I cannot have kids and we went through an infertility mm. journey and um because of my own story and the work that I do and the work that I do in teaching empathy, I can hold a lot of space for people who are stuck at home with kids Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm here, stuck at home, wondering what it would be like to have Mm seven-year-olds and I don't. And like, so that, that piece of like this collective sadness of we're in this together. And I had told Chad, it was like a week ago. I looked at my husband, Chad, and I said, I think this is the first time in my whole life and of teaching this work where this, like we're in this together just makes me feel even more sad,
3: mm, the collective
1: yeah. sadness. And then also really choosing to not lean into the comparison that my brain really wants to go to that your heart is harder than my heart because mm. you have five kids and I have none and I only have three mm. dogs because that's not helpful. Like that comparison is not going to help us come together and heal, heal through this season. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. so good. Wow. You know, <clears throat> one of the things you just mentioned, Justine, is that this has become kind of a triggering thing for a lot of people for, for various reasons. And that's one thing I want to get into in this conversation and how we can uh, lean into those things and recognize those things. But what I'm hearing all of you guys say is is having to become even more aware of what's going on inside of your heart right now. Um, and this is something that, you know, as, as counselors, as, uh, you know, in, in pastoral world, we're always trying to espouse this in emotional health, becoming aware of your emotions. And Allison, I think you use the term befriending your emotions quite a bit, right? <laughs> and, and while that's true in normal life, my question to you guys would be, why, why and how much more is that true in this season? Why is it even more so important that we step back and be aware in seasons of crisis, on what's going on in our hearts to be able to maintain emotional health
2: and the, the short answer that i would give to that I'd, I'd love to hear what everybody has to say is that the more we're, we're supposed to be caring for our physical bodies right because this is a an illness but we also the more i am caring for my emotional life the more i'm extending compassion to myself for mm-hmm. what i'm feeling the losses that i'm feeling for the frustration, whatever, the more I'm caring for myself with God's help, right? Mm -hmm. Taking that inventory, connecting to myself, the more I'm going to stay healthy and balanced Mm -hmm. and calm and not explode later because of the pent-up emotion. I'm going to love other people better if I'm stepping back and creating that space to be gentle with myself and my emotions, however they show up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's even more important now to really be giving ourselves that compassion in our emotions whatever they are we, we don't I always say this, but there's true even more now we don't change by beating ourselves up we don't change in the context of criticizing ourselves we change by being really kind to ourselves and that's how we're better for the yeah. people we love and who need us to be healthy as healthy and whole as we can be right yeah. now
0: that's great Either one of you other guys, you guys want to comment on that? I I would just, I would just go ahead,
3: Justine.
1: Okay. I I'll piggyback on Allison. Like shame will never be motivating for change. We, we, we love ourselves into change. And so like when we are, when we have these huge strong emotions, because our brain is so wired to stay comfortable, it will come in to save the day with you over attaching and over identifying to the emotion. In Mm -hmm. which case, You now have been scrolling conspiracy theories on Facebook for 30 minutes, or you are watching the news right before bed, or you're having the whole bottle of wine, let's be honest, or having way too much sugar. And so that piece of like that self-awareness of when, when, and how, and where do you feel the emotion in your body so that you can kind of have your, your tells up like, oh, I've been on my phone for too long. And I start to, and you start to feel the darkness and the, and the weight Take a breath, get the the fight, fight or freeze response out. Bring your thinking brain back on track, and and that's where we that's you where you get your wherewithal to choose something b- different, to do the next right thing, to begin again, and cope in a in a healthier way. Mm,
0: that's yeah. great, that's great, Mike.
3: Yeah, you know, I just it's so interesting the people that I'm talking with and working with right now. It's it's so obvious how in this season and especially with any type of crisis, but really especially with with this one that's so wide ranging and so um, you know everyone's just normal has been completely rocked, is that you become very aware of whatever coping mechanism you were using beforehand
1: yeah. Yeah. is no
3: longer working. <laughs> and so you are forced with the reality to actually pay attention to your emotions and pay attention to your internal world. Mm. Or maybe you have been able to live a life before COVID, where you didn't have to. And, and again, to, to piggyback on, on Allison and Justine's comments, the most important thing we can do, and I actually did a podcast on fun therapy this week about how to be excessively kind and gentle to yourself right now, mm. that whatever is bubbling up and whatever the vulnerability feels like, and whatever the things that are coming out in this destabilizing time, that uh, kindness is so key, and excessive kindness, excessive gentleness. And I think the way that we be that we're kind to to ourselves is that number one, we just acknowledge what is there. Mm. And you have to acknowledge it and see it, and like, oh yeah, I'm really angry right now. I'm really sad right now, or I'm depressed or confused. Like again, our coping mechanisms will tell us to just push that stuff down, to cover it up, to to ignore it. And we usually can do a good job at that until we're in a season like this. And so we acknowledge it. And then I think we need to look for ways to comfort it. And Mm. I believe, you know, in the midst of all this stuff that we're experiencing, self-care is so incredibly important. And the word I've been using is aggressive self-care
1: because
3: normal self-care is not going to cut it right now. You got to aggressively go after it. And so being kind to yourself says, I acknowledge what I'm feeling. I acknowledge what is really there, and I look for ways to comfort myself and um, through self-care, mm. sleep, exercise, proper nutrition, feeding our, our soul. I mean these are, these are practices that we have to engage in if we're going to um, come out the other side of this this really significant time in history.
0: That's so great. I love that being being kind to yourself. you know I mean everyone's heard the phrase, "What would Jesus do?" You know, I wonder if we asked ourselves, um, how does how would Jesus treat us in this situation? We wouldn't see him t- treating us uh, with condemnation or judgmentalism, or it would be a, a very kind approach. And yet, we are our greatest critics. We are the most judgmental of ourselves. We are the um, we are the meanest to ourselves, and expect more of ourselves than anybody else does, especially more than what Jesus does in this in these situations. And so, I love that idea of just being compassionate and kind and. Aggressive self-care. That's that's so good. There are a lot of different emotions that are popping up, a myriad of them. I wonder if we can address um, some of the the major ones that people are feeling right now. And I would love to hear from you guys as I kind of toss out an emotion. How we should approach each one of these? If there's different nuances to, I know there's like the generalities of like, okay, here's some general ways to approach our emotions right now that we're feeling, but the specific ones, if there's specific nuances to how to Approach these as we feel them. Um, I wonder what you guys would say about this. So let's do the first one: fear. I think that is a major emotion that is taking hold right now. How should we approach fear? What is this telling us? What is fear telling us?
2: Fear is um, what I would, you know, fear is just fundamental. Um, we all feel fear, and we don't want to try to get I. I You know, the goal is not to get rid of fear. The goal is to let fear be with me like a little child, like a scared child and not let it lead. So to befriend the fear, it's okay that it's there. Of course, we're afraid. And we don't have to, when we do that, it's paradoxical. When we kind of name our fear, naming is taming. Dan Siegel says, name our fear. We get it out with ourselves. We get it out before God. We put a gentle boundary around it to where we go about our day, get the like I love what you guys I've been saying is people eat, rest, sleep, work a little. You know, just hit the majors. Yeah. And the fear can be there. It just doesn't need to take over.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. That's great. Any other thoughts on fear before I move to the next one? Okay. I I would Uh, just I,
3: I would say I think there's there's a some misinformation and probably some some incorrect beliefs sometimes within the evangelical world that fear is somehow not meaning that you're not trusting God that you're not a good christian or yeah. and and fear to what Allison said earlier is like it's it's a fundamental part of the human experience yeah. and it is actually an important part of the human experience I think we're uh, we get tripped up is where fear where we allow fear to be within the car of our life. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us want to put fear in the trunk and say, we're fearless hmm. and it's, it, we don't struggle with it or some of us want to put fear at the the driver's wheel and, and let it drive our life. When really fear should, in my opinion, should be a passenger in our story mm-hmm. uh, who has has an opinion but not a vote, and mm-hmm. um, so so appropriate fear, feeling fear is very normal. We just have to make sure that it has. We have the right relationship to it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. Okay, um, what about the feelings of overwhelm? So, so I know that feels very all-encompassing, but I, I'm more specifically speaking to the feelings of just like almost a paralyzing. I don't know what how to interpret what's going on. I don't know what to do right now. I just feel overwhelmed.
1: How should we that, approach that? How much of that is going with this piece of like, you know, especially when, our, when the government leader said, we're doing this till April 30th. And everyone mm. just like is so paralyzed with that overwhelm of, oh, I have another 30 days of this. And mm. I was talking to one of my best friends. I said, feel that, feel the overwhelm, feel the anxiety, feel the fear. And like in that moment, you are okay. Like, it is one day at a time. Like AA big book, like they they mm. are speaking truth there, man. Like one day at a time. And let's be honest, in this season, it might need to be one breath at a time. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: Because you're not gonna get your whole house project done in a time like this because you have all of these feelings. This is unprecedented, this is uncertain. And so like that like, even like that, I don't want you to be fearless or not ever have overwhelm. Then I'm actually scared of you if you're feeling nothing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because I want you to be, you're human. Yeah. Because lots of emotions. He didn't make us to be robots. He asked us to turn toward him with all of those feelings. Mm. That's one great. day at a time, one breath at a time.
0: That's great. Love that, Justine. Okay. Here's, uh, here's one. And we've already mentioned a little bit of it. This is the one I'm feeling, just like you mentioned earlier, Justine, you know, our ministry with nothing is wasted was really picking up some momentum as we went into 2020. A lot of speaking engagements that got canceled for me. I am in denial. I keep calling them postponed. (laughs) I tell my wife, well, we had another one postponed. here." (laughs) I don't know if that's just speaking in faith or if that's just denial, but loss and grief. Loss and grief. Uh, what do we do when, when, when grief kind of comes in or when we've experienced loss in this season?
1: I feel like that question could be like a whole hour itself.
0: <laughs> it could. It very well could be. <laughs> you guys want to come on the podcast and we'll do a whole uh, another hour of
1: this?
2: <laughs> Going in order here. I'll, I'll, I mean, what I would say just because I, I think everybody's got away on this one. It's such, mm-hmm. said, It's such a big topic, but there's... I always say there's like, loss has a long tail because it brings up all any, mm-hmm. so the loss, and you know, we found out pretty early the, where my mother-in-law's in a um, assisted living, they shut it down, mm-hmm. which is in a memory, we can't, we can't see her. It, and we just mm-hmm. were, it, it, it's just, you know, she, anyway, it's, you know, there's just things like that, just, and, you know, we could all name a hundred of them and, but but so there's that loss right there, but then that has a long tail to all the losses. Yeah. And so the one thing I've been working with people on is trying to, and that, that's trauma work, is any small T trauma, I mean, or big T trauma, we're, we're kind of in one, leads the long tail back to all the history of loss. Mm-hmm. And just to know that, you're going to feel that, and it's going to take a day, it's going to take a minute, might take a week, <laughs> um, you know, a long time. But to take a minute to parse out what is right now, what is today's loss versus I don't don't have to plumb the depths. You know, I can kind of try to do the work of again these general boundaries. It's okay to have the loss, it's okay to recognize, oh, it's bringing up the deep well yeah. of other losses. And to name again, naming that is sometimes just helpful in and of itself. Yeah. So.
0: Hmm. Wow all right, come on, this, since it's such a big one, you guys, the rest, the other, you know, you guys weigh in on this.
3: Uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just say, you know, without question, I think if we looked at the stages of grief, you could look and identify yourself in one of those stages, if not in multiple stages, uh, whether it's, you know, denial, the bargaining, the bargaining, Okay, so if I if I self uh, self quarantine for two weeks, then I'll be okay, and then I'll be able to get back to life as normal. Yeah. Anybody had that thought pattern of bargaining? No, right? That that's mm-hmm. very normal. Um, you know, the anger, the acceptance. But I think the the interesting thing with the stages of grief is we talk about the five stages of grief, but but uh, there's that sixth stage, and the sixth stage of meaning right? That mm-hmm. once we have worked through those five stages, that that sixth stage of grief leads us to a place where we have learned something, or I, I hope our hearts have expanded in compassion mm-hmm. and love, that maybe we're going to be kinder to each other, mm-hmm. that there really is something on the other side of grief. And sometimes when you're in the midst of it, it doesn't feel that way. Uh, but that six stage is a really important one to know that I'm going to do my work here and I'm going to experience every, it's not linear. We all know grief is not linear. It's not you go step one through five. It's, it's back and forth and ups and downs. And I, you know, from anger back to denial, it's all of that, but really that the ultimate outcome is to process it in a healthy way that we might get to this place called meaning and purpose Mm, and infusing that into our life.
0: That's great. That's great. I know we'd like to talk about how grief is, um, it's cyclical. It's, it's kind of around and, but you get the opportunity with how you process it, whether you want it to be like a a kind of a vortex that sucks you into wallowing or a staircase that leads you up and, and through into exactly what you're talking about, meaning or purpose. Um, And and it all is contingent on how we are becoming aware and processing these emotions that we're feeling. Um, Okay, well, you know, I don't remember if it was, I think it was you, Justine, that mentioned this, but, oh, yes, about uh, about this particular crisis sending some kind of triggers in a lot of ways of some stuff that, you know, you have processed in the past. This has been the same way for me as well. You know, the second that you start, you know, thinking about how jeopardizing now our our own health can be, that could I lose? Could I lose a family member again? Right after having lost my wife, and we've talked with so many people who, I just had a conversation with a, a gal the other day lost their daughter to a respiratory uh, illness, and so this has been extremely triggering. Um, what what would you say? What, what can we do um, in sense in in times like this? To When we when we are feeling even more heightened, more triggered in these situations, how do we begin to sort through some of that stuff? Because these are times we, you know, it's unearthing things we thought we had already put to bed. We thought we had already dealt with. And now we're realizing, wait, uh, maybe I have it. So how do we approach it when, when we find ourselves in that type of a tale of loss? Well,
1: and I think like that's one of the that's our trauma response and everyone Mm. kind of responds to trauma in a little bit different way. And like, so that's been one of my things with the grief part and how much this is triggering the old grief. And then like this new grief too. this piece of like giving myself permission that working through this grief journey won't look exactly like it did when I was going through the infertility grief journey. And then also Mm. giving myself permission and giving grace to others that Everyone copes with grief in a very different way and in trauma, and so it's that piece of like that grace and permission to know when it's starting to get unhealthy and it's not okay, and to have people around you from a safe distance that can reflect your truth back to you to be to say, like. Hey, like I, I've noticed you're on Facebook really late at night, which also means I'm on Facebook really late at night, but I'm just checking <laughs> in. Cause I know that's one of your triggers, you know, like one of your tells that like you're not doing well, like to have those people reflect back to you <clears throat> your truths and not just your yes people, like, but your truths, like I walked you through that season and I'm seeing some things show up now in this season that are worrying me, mm-hmm. but it's that piece of like, I want to be aware of how I am responding. I don't want to react from my emotions to this season because when I react from my emotions, I am coming from my old hurts and traumas and not from my truth of, how, of who I was created to be. Mm. I want to respond to this and there will be days and moments that it's really tough to respond in which case I need to rest and take a break <laughs> I'm not engaged because I'm not fit for human consumption. And and then I get it back on track.
0: Mm. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Anybody else want to add to that, or you don't have well, to, I you don't saying, want to? I just
3: think the trigger. We have to be very mindful of the what we're consuming mm. and what we are watching and how much time. I'm a Enneagram Five, and so my greatest fear as an Enneagram Five mm. is not understanding something, mm. and so for me. My natural tendency is to uh, wake up at six thirty in the morning, turn on the news, stay in bed all day, and walk, consume every piece of data mm-hmm. through every website, through every news outlet. And then I realized that that was making me miserable <laughs> 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 and depressed and really worried. And so we we have to we have to know that uh, there are a lot of fear based triggers out there right now and we have to be very disciplined and very uh, strategic about what we allow in in terms mm. of information and whether it's through facebook conspiracies and theories to um you know the the all the political ma- uh networks yep. the 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 news like we just have to um dial it back a little bit because that's right. just going to consciously and subconsciously energize the inside and orient all of our emotions around fear, worry, and and anxiousness.
1: Hmm.
0: Wow, that's great. So um, many people are stepping into this season and they would have considered themselves emotionally healthy. You know, it's not something that they've either either they were not very aware, or <laughs> or they, you know, for the most part, like I feel like I've got a handle on things right now. And then they're finding themselves experiencing things that they've not experienced, or not being able to, you know, get on top of their emotions, so to speak, in the, in, a, in a new type of way. What kinds of signs should people look for to to be able to recognize? wait, I'm kind of slipping into some unhealth here emotionally. I need to pay attention to this, you know, especially for those who maybe they haven't experienced that before. You know, they've not, whoa, I've not experienced this emotion before. What is going on? What kinds of signs should they look for for unhealth?
2: Well, you uh I think there's a couple of ways to look at that one. I think Justine and Mike did a great job of talking about the, the cues that we might be trying to bury emotions when we're mm-hmm. scrolling, hyper productivity, um, you know, excessive helping, you know, whatever the, you know, where, where you're actually exhausting yourself. So a lot of those times, so the, the way that I look, the model that I use the internal family systems is you've got these, these they're good activities to, mm-hmm. to produce or to seek news or to, you know, be out on, you know, be helping people, but, If we're doing them compulsively and we can't stop, Mm. that's a cue that there's a vulnerable feeling, a vulnerable part of us that needs our attention. So over-functioning, and you could go down the Enneagram, right? You know, over-perfecting, over-helping, over-producing, you know, whatever it is, over-escaping. Um, Hyper control. Who's,
0: <laughs> Who's the overachiever? What's the? What is that?
2: Producing. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's the three. That's right.
2: That's what I did my first right. week. <laughs> totally
0: resonate with that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: right, but that—that's a cue. That in and of itself is a cue. Yeah. There's a vulnerability, and a lot of times in our normal life, we don't. I, I mean, as a therapist, it's fascinating to me because those vulnerabilities are coming out because we can't, in some ways, mm. do the things that we were doing. And so it's kind of, in a way, as, as painful as it is in my work right now, it's, it, it, there's a beauty in it. And I mean that in the most sensitive way, because that's holy ground. I believe that's where Christ, that it's our, the vulnerable parts of our souls that are a beautiful part of who we are, that we don't like, that are actually what makes us human, as we're saying. So if, it's a cue to ask yourself, is there something I'm feeling I don't, I'm not used to feeling or don't want to face? Now, if you're not used to doing that work, you might experience it as a flood Mm. of emotion. And so that's a flood of sadness. You're like, what is this? Or why am I filled with rage? So that's a cue. Oh, there may have been something underneath there. You haven't a deep well that you've been doing these things so much, almost too Mm. well in your normal life. And now all of a sudden they've got a chance to come out Mm. and they need your attention and I would say if you're feeling a flood of those more vulnerable emotions, a flood of, of sadness that just feels overwhelming, a flood of depression, of, of um, overwhelm, you know, you got to talk, talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, get a container for it because those emotions need to, they need to come out and they need your care and they need your attention. But if you're feeling flooded with them, help someone, find someone to help you contain them. And by that, I mean pace yourself. Right. Don't shove them aside, but do pace yourself with them. Mm-hmm. And the more extreme the the you know the activity that where you can't get yourself to stop is is a cue that there's probably the more vulnerable you're actually feeling. Yeah. The bolder, the more extreme, the sort of protective measures, the managing, and all that, the more vulnerable you're actually probably feeling. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of that and ask for help with that if that's not something you're used to processing you know therapists right now are all we're all able to do it digitally yeah um because they've released a lot of it so there's a lot of a lot of coaches a lot of folks available right now in that field um to to help folks through this
0: yeah that's really great you know you just uh you just opened up kind of a can of worms with an emotion that we did not mention earlier, but I think is very prevalent right now, um, with people, because I believe this kind of a season is a, in some ways, a breeding ground for depression. There's so many factors that would contribute to feelings of depression. Um, if we can kind of back up a little bit, how would we approach those, those feelings of depression that come in? Um, how do we begin to respond and um, sort through those feelings.
3: Well, I I would just say as someone who's experiencing that and Mm. talked about that, you know, one of the best things that I can do and that I always am encouraging the people I'm working with at whatever level of depression, engaging the body is such a key part of this. Yeah, that's great there's so much benefit when you go for a 15, 20 minute walk outside. Like there is just, your body can be a really good friend for you at this time when your mind feels like it's not functioning properly and not helping you, your body can be a real friend to you by just, and and sometimes that, Getting on your sneakers, putting on your shorts, or maybe your jacket, wherever whatever the weather is
0: looking like. <laughs> thanks for rubbing it in, thanks, Mike. So,
3: <laughs> for us here in San Diego, it's shorts, it maybe flip flops. <laughs> but but the uh, that idea of just that, and that's a that's probably the hardest piece, right? Mm-hmm. To get the sneakers on and get the shorts on and get out the door. But if you can just for a, you know thirty seconds of insane courage, move. To that that place where I'm going to engage my body and go for a walk, there's so much value in it. All kinds of research saying that even chronically uh, depressed, extremely depressed, there's so much benefit to movement. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very simple, not complicated. And of course, I, I can't I can't uh, stress this enough: reaching out for help, reaching out for yeah. a counselor reaching out and, and, and having somebody to process that with is incredibly important too, but, but a a, kind of a basic one that we actually have a lot of ownership and control over is get the body moving.
0: Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, I think it's fantastic. Go ahead, Justine.
1: Like there's also this piece too, of like this season that we're in, I think a lot of us will experience some of the, like the mild symptoms of depression, trouble sleeping, Mm Really scary dreams, trouble falling asleep, changes in our weight—like so, like those real, like the, almost the check boxes—and so it's that piece of again to have someone that can check in with you or that you're mm-hmm. willing to check in with. But like that piece for you to be like, okay, it's now been three weeks of not being able to sleep. Yeah, like I'll give you maybe a couple weeks because it, that's how hard this the season is. I, maybe I need to talk to someone about what I can do to help with my sleep. And like, so those kind of like tangible things, weight sleep, your appetite, how much time you're spending watching, scrolling, drinking, eating, online shopping. We were not made to escape ourselves. Mm. You will never be able to do it. One of the hardest things about this season is that most of us, many of us have never learned how to sit with ourselves. Mm. <laughs> and like now to try to learn how to do it yeah. in a season that is filled of grief and trauma and fear. It's asking a lot of people. Yeah.
0: That's mm. so good. Whew, I so good love,
2: yeah. I, I really, it's so good. And I would just add to folks who are alone, who live alone. Mm. Um, that it is just not, we need human connection. And yeah. um, I mean, right now, I, I think there's going to be a new word called, you know, screen fa- zoom fatigue. You know, screen yeah, fatigue.
0: Seriously. Yeah.
2: Not, it helps. Um, so one of the things I've been saying is structure is your friend and it's, it's definitely true. If you've got a lot of people in your house, it is even more true. If you live alone, you have got to have a schedule when Mm -hmm. you're going to eat, when you're going to get outside, when you're going to get on the screen with somebody, because when Mm -hmm. the waves of loneliness, so to throw in another emotion, loneliness and depression hit, it's hard as Mike said, you get that 30 seconds of courage to reach out when you're in it. So you got to prevent it by getting the structures in place as best you can ahead of time and hit those marks. It, wow. you know, make it, it's, you know, whether, whether you've got people with you or whether you're alone, it's structures are so important mm. to keep you moving.
0: That's great. Well, you know, it's a great segue into kind of moving into some more um, practical and zooming in on what are some practical ways that we can, uh, begin to sort through these emotions that we're experiencing. I know we've mentioned a lot of them already, but um, if if you guys have some other things that you would suggest, you know, Mike, you were talking about physical activity is such a fantastic way for us to uh, ward off feelings of depression and begin to spark some of that, you know, serotonin that's going that's inside of us to as a natural way to cope with this. And but are there other things that you guys would say? are just some practical ways to walk through the day to make sure that we're um, maintaining health emotionally. And in a second, I want to get to the relational because you can't have you guys on without also talking about how this plays out relationally with the people in our house, as well as the people that we're in virtual community with. But for ourselves, let's stay stay contained to our, our own personhood right now. Um, What are some things practically that we can do to really stay healthy and thriving in these seasons?
1: Well, one of my big things that is helping me is um, there's no media of any kind first thing in the morning and right before bed. Hmm. For me to stay informed, I'm kind of studying what is best for my anxiety and fear is that like I check the news media around 10 a.m. I set a timer on my phone. I also have resorted to downloading the app blocker because, and yeah, I could unlock it.
0: Freedom, is that the one you're using? What are you using? I'm using,
1: using I, so I'm not an iPhone person.
0: Oh, iPhone, oh. So
1: man, iPhone, <laughs> people always are like, they totally scold me when yeah. they weren't an iPhone person. Yeah. But so I'm using, my, like, the, the app I'm using is App Block. and app it, like, Block. I can, okay so we'll I put
0: that a, in the resources that we send out to everybody yeah, but I at block.
1: what i love about it is i can set up certain profiles so like i have a sabbath mm-hmm. profile i have an un, i have a, a lint profile but like now for this i have a like we're in a <laughs> awful, weird, weird, strange, awful season. Like, Is
0: that what you've titled it, Justine? (laughs) (laughs) And
1: so like, it just, it locks everything down. It locks down my Chrome. It locks down Facebook, LinkedIn, all of it. And I cannot open it up. And yes, could I go into the profile and change it? Sure. I have like two extra steps to do it. And sometimes that's Mm -hmm. all you need to kind of be like, all right, Mm -hmm. listen to a song, recite some scripture, talk to somebody, reach out for help, watch a funny graphic or a video. Mm -hmm. But like, for me to be really realistic about my limits of how stimulated it, I can be in this season, like just taking in so much information, that's not helpful.
0: That's great. That's great. Uh The, the other one, for those of you guys, if you guys are our iPhone users, you can <laughs> use freedom. That's one that I use. It's, it's great. Do you guys have any other ones that you know of that you, okay. Um Any of these resources? The What's that, Allison?
2: I just delete my app. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I saw Mike. You were going the route of like complete like simplicity of a phone for a while. I know just text a phone call. But
2: yeah,
3: I I still my my app is throw it in a drawer. Throw my phone in a drawer and uh, away from me.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's great.
3: All right, yeah. Go ahead. Here's a practice that I was talking with somebody this morning, and and. One of the great things about practices is you're you're going to learn a lot about what you actually enjoy. Yeah. And this is a great season to be creative and try some different things. So I was trying to climb this morning and, you know, anytime you find your, your mind or brain rushing to either the past or the future and trying to control that and getting worked up by that, anything that you can do that would bring you into the present is going to mm-hmm. help discharge some of that, that anxiousness. And so one of the things that she's, she does is that she, uh, uh, goes outside, takes her shoes off and stands on the lawn. Hmm. Okay. And feels the earth be uh, on, on her feet. I think anything that we could do, simple practices, like connecting with nature, like instead of me rushing to the past or the future, like, let me watch, uh, some, some birds. I have a little bird bath in my, my yard and I'll just watch hummingbirds and little birds. And it just brings me into the present moment. And I think that's a, anytime you're getting stirred up going, okay, what is a practice that can help ground me Hmm. into the fact that I'm safe, that I'm okay. Um, I'm breathing, you know, these, these types of things will help you go, just remind your body and remind your brain that, that we're here. And we're okay.
2: I love, I love what everyone's saying. Cause it really is this return to the basics, basics, <laughs> basics. And they're what, where it's earth.
0: Yeah.
2: It's grounded. It's breath mm. breathing. It's, you know, um, and walking, moving. And what I have ha- absolutely gone back into to, when I, cause the, the overproducing over helping, yeah. you know, sort of the Enneagram three, two um, cocktail. I have been every single morning gotten, and it's, I'm so grateful. I mean, it's one of the good things that's come out of this for me to connect to myself and God. And so journaling and doing the morning pages, the Julie Cameron talks about them in the artist way, but you do, you just stream of conscious what is going on inside of me and then bring that before God. So for me, if I'm feeling a lot of stuff, it's hard for me to pray. And I say this to people all the time, God, you know, get to know what's going on inside of you, whether you're journaling it, writing it out. And then invite God into that. Mm. And and right now I have to do it that way (laughs) because if I go to pray to God, my mind is pinging. (laughs) And so I ground my, and for me, writing, I just write it out. Some people it's different. You might need to process it with a friend, but every morning I've got to connect to what's happening inside of me, bring it before God, take some deep breaths, do a Mm. little quieting and just centering. You know, I try to do it a few more times throughout the day, just a few minutes. Then the more you do, it's just like exercise. If you work out a little bit each day, it's easier to, you feel a little fitter. Same with our emotional health. You spend a little time with your emotions, take them to God. You do a little bit of that each day. It's a little bit easier throughout today when you start to feel to just breathe back and recenter. So just that emotional inventory each morning, um, which I kind of, like I said, tack on to my spiritual time, mm. really has grounded me during this season.
0: Wow, that's great. It's interesting how last week I was thinking, "Wow, look at all of the you know the technology that is available to us to be able to connect with people," and this is going to be a major enhancement of technology as we're all engaging in this. And now a week into that, I'm going. I think this is going to be an enhancement of us really being introspective because now I'm tired of technology and I just want to get some solitude and get some peace and some rest in my own spirit right now. And I wonder if, you know, some of what we're going to see happen is like what you said, Allison, just kind of going back to the basics of us learning how to to live with ourselves and be at peace with ourselves, be at peace with the Lord.
2: And to take that into the relational.
0: Yes. Thank you. I was about to transition that. That's great. That's
2: also how we are going to be with others. So, right. We don't have, if I'm feeling sad Mm -hmm. and the person next to me is anxious and we're both, we don't have bandwidth, a lot of bandwidth. So we're going to learn how to, a simple, okay. So if you're in a house with people, a simple touch or a simple, just being with, again, it's so basic, but we're, we're, it's, I don't want to say reducing our expectations of each other, but shifting our expectations of each other. Cause as much as I'm able to be like, I'm so, I'm sad today. Yeah. And someone in my house like, I'm fearful today. We're holding space for each other and giving each other grace to be where we are, but not expecting each other to fix or, you know, make it all okay. Cause we're in it together. Yeah. So that's just a little, what we as we do our emotional work we're going to be much more available not to fix the people around us, but just to Mm -hmm. be with in that kind of, you know, you imagine the old school way of just, yeah, I'm sad too. Mm -hmm. And it's really simple, but it's powerful. It's connection.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Well, this is a climate where we can easily find ourselves in intense situations with the people that we're closest to that we love the most that are in confined with us. So how do we, as we're talking about emotional health, how do we let that play out into our relational health? How do we make sure that we are um, walking in, you know, uh, uh, healthy ways and uh, alleviating a lot of that tension as we're loving people around us? Um, any practical insight into that?
3: You know, one of the things that uh, we probably, most of us saw the article about the increase in the divorce rate. Yeah, yeah. And that is a, and I know just in my sessions with people, the, the, the pressure put on marriages is is real. And, uh, I don't think smothering is a love language, right? (laughs) When we're just on top of each other 24 seven, there's like, I don't think, you know, that's part of the the five love languages. So, um, the reality is maybe two thoughts. Number one, we have to be responsible for the energy that we bring into a room and I realize that there's a lot that we're processing and a lot that we're, we're working through on a personal level, but we are responsible for how we show up in a room, at the dinner table, in a conversation with our spouse and becoming aware of that and um, not to deny our emotions, but to make sure that we are responsible for them in terms of how they play in a relationship. And then, maybe just a practical tool, one of the things that my wife and I do we actually write about it in five dates or our our couple's book where uh, we call it the three thirty challenge where three times a day we are hugging for thirty seconds, like mm. full embrace because we know and science tells us at the twenty second mark, your brain and body begin to release oxytocin, and oxytocin is you know kind of the love drug or the connection drug the bonding drug and so even though i may be very frustrated with my spouse or you know my spouse might be really frustrated with me we can have these smaller practices where we can we can have that bonding and actually not allow our emotions to control it or dictate it or thinking control it or dictate it but actually again Engaging your best friend, your body to allow you to have that, that bonding and connection. So three hugs a day, 30 seconds, a really easy, practical thing to do. And then obviously being responsible for whatever energy you're bringing into yeah. the room that you're entering into.
0: Oh, I love that. Mike, have you guys ever been in like an argument and all of a sudden you realize like the timer goes off, wait, it's our three thirty time. Hold on. <laughs> well, we
3: actually, well, <laughs> honestly, we use, we actually use that tool for conflict. Wow! Um, we actually had a big fight and I, this was several weeks ago. We had a big fight in Ikea shopping for a table (laughs) and it just, you know, it, it was bad, bad fight. You know, we were, we were social distancing in Ikea (laughs) in a very big (laughs) way. And, uh, you know, after about, you know, five, 10 minutes of us, you know, giving each other the silent treatment in Ikea, I looked, I turned to my wife and just said, Hey, um, I know you don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but let's hug. Mm. And we, we hugged in the Ikea section and allowed the oxytocin to get going. And that it it just just discharged all that bad mojo. And all I got to say is I'm glad we weren't in the mattress area of the (laughs) Ikea because (laughs) it worked really well. Oh, that's great. (laughs)
0: Love it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Uh, other thoughts on how this plays out in our, our relationships? We've got a couple more minutes before we transition to Q&A. I'd love to kind of camp in this relational space because I know it's a felt need right now.
1: I, you know, there's two things. Ask for what you want and need. Hmm. Even if you don't think you're going to get it, you still need to ask. Good. And along that line is also boundaries. Mm -hmm. boundaries are important, even um, though we may be in a smaller space and seeing a lot more of each other. And like, so one of those things, I I have a story. So my husband has been working nonstop. They, you know, they furloughed 30 people yesterday. And so, and he's an Enneagram nine, I am a four. And so, and I've been talking into a hole to nobody, you know, like (laughs) recording videos. And so like, you know, at the dinner table, he goes, I, I realized that like, I've been on video calls all day. And you've just been like not just and he corrected himself and he was <laughs> recording videos and you know putting content out and you like want to talk and I go yep I, I do and I am struggling feeling seen dude <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, but it was this piece of like for me to be able to say like I I need you to choose and lean into empathy even if you don't agree with or understand my feelings at the yeah. end of the day especially to still choose empathy and, and I, and what do you need? And he goes, I, I need to go outside before I can do that. Mm. Like I, I need to go check on my trees. Like, like one day he goes, can I go pick up dog poop first before mm. we talk about this? And I was like, classic. Was like yeah, that's great. And then, but then he had like, so we to ask for what we want and need that's and great. also to set the boundaries. I can't, I can't show up for you in the way that you need until I have created that boundary for myself and fill myself up. So that, I mean, it's huge. Ask for what you want and need and also set that boundary if you need to. Wow.
0: That's really great. Yeah. Allison, you look like you're about to say something. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, it's, it's, to it's kind of like boundaries triage because, is what I've been saying, because yeah. it, there's so many, like, and we all just got a massive boundary as far as like, we all just got a boundary put on us, you know, by, right. the, by right. the virus. So, And then we're trying to deal with new boundaries. And if we haven't done that work, it's hard. And that's what I'm trying to say to people. You know, it's never great to make a decision during a crisis. Mm. This is a crisis. So if there's any way, if your marriage, and, and it's happening, I get it. It's bringing up all the stuff that wasn't dealt with. If there's any way you can give, so giving space. Like when you guys were in Ikea, right, you're giving each other space as a way to not you know, that's a healthy tool in a moment, but we can't do that as well right now. So yeah. if there's any way you can just take a minute to go to separate corners and, and let the emotions come down a little before, you know, it ne- if, if ever there was a time to get those boundaries in place, it's now, and it may not look pretty, <laughs> but if you can also talk about, if you can, we, we use humor a lot in my, and it works for us. It wouldn't work for every couple, but we just start you know, we can both laugh at ourselves pretty readily. So we just start laughing kind of and, and laugh fighting and it sort of diffuses. And then we're just <laughs> laughing. We're like, this is just, and we call it a Seinfeld. We're like, we just had a Seinfeld. We're fighting about nothing. And we just start laughing. And we kind of have these code words that help us just realize, oh my gosh, we, this is a Seinfeld. Like this is yeah. nothing, you know, and that'll yeah. help us. And then once the emotions settle a little, little, we can go back. I know I had to go back and say right now that the, my amount of, listening hours is really up. And so I'm kind of glazed at the dinner table. As you say, I'm showing up like glazed and people are talking and I'm like, e-. and, you know, the feelings are getting hurt. You know, when I'm in my office and I have my rhythms, I know how to like, I, I have a drive yeah. home to kind of decompress and put back on my, you know, I'm just showing up like, <laughs> and I just finally <laughs> had to, and use your words, right? Let's go yeah. back to kindergarten and say, you know what? I, Cause you know, it kind of, it hurts feelings, you know what like, Yeah. It's not you. You're, you know, I want to hear you. I am. There's a thing called listening fatigue. I have it right now. You know, and then, Oh, that, you know, you're, Oh, that's so helpful. Now I know you have a category for it, but again, we're learning this on a dime. So if you can just, I'm saying especially couples and parents that are just, just give it a minute to let the dust settle a little bit as best you can, until you can kind of realize what's, I just realized that yesterday I was like oh I don't have a buffer anymore from moving from listening to going right into family time with my right. new workmates who are just think I'm still the same person right <laughs> you know? right you know so it's it's it takes a minute and so if we can just have a little patience yeah with ourselves try to hold things a little lightly um, but it, it is hard yeah that's good
0: Well, we're going to move into some Q&A. If you want to ask a question, there's a little button down there at the bottom. that says Q&A. So just ask it right there. Um, Some of you have been asking questions in the chat section. See if you can transition that over to Q&A. That makes it a lot easier for us to kind of uh, decipher which ones are questions and which ones are just chats and be able to vet these. Um, One question, Mike, you mentioned this aggressive self-care. And I know this is something that a lot of, I know my wife and I, we've been talking about in terms of just self-care for her. How do you practice aggressive self-care, practical tips and advice for parents who are juggling all the things they're juggling right now, work from home, managing school for, you know, their, especially for their little ones. How do we, how do we really practice? Because, you know, in a, in a past season, we could leave the office and go to the gym. And, you know, there's so much more compartmentalization that happens with life. Now it's not. So how do we do this practically?
3: Yeah, I think one of the things that I would say, and I I say this as a parent, um, it's okay to lower your standards in certain areas and Mm -hmm. your expectations. Uh, I, I found that, you know, obviously a lot of homeschooling happening, a lot of kids in the home now, and we feel like we still have to be super parents and super teacher and, you know, like super coach. And it's just too much. Yep. And what we're, what we're doing is we're cutting, we're, we're cutting ourselves. Our schedules are so max and so mm-hmm. full on that we're not even finding small moments, 10 minutes, 15 minutes in a day to actually put some juice and some fuel back inside. You know, one of my, one of my things has been, there's two really daily practices that I do. Both of them got, got, squashed with, um, this, uh, this COVID, uh, 19 thing with breakfast. I go to this breakfast spot and I have breakfast by mm-hmm. myself. I'm an introvert. I read, I learn, I'm quiet. It's a great practice. I've been doing it for two years. Can't do that anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then the gym, which was one of the first things that got shut down here in California. Yeah. So no gym. So I have had to, adapt those self-care practices. Now it is not as great. I, the breakfast that I have now is not as great as the breakfast that I have at the, the cafe that I like. Yeah. And the gym that I have in my garage right now is pretty <laughs> lame. <laughs> I good saw it. It, was,
0: it wasn't It was bad. It was pretty decent. It, I saw it. it was it, great
3: getting there. And here's <laughs> a, here's the basic self-care practice. Like I said, I told myself like, I cannot just be lifting a trash can full of bricks for the next three months. Like that's not going to work for me as a gym. Yeah. So I actually put, even though I'm, we're all in the same boat, have lost speaking engagements, yeah. significant loss, financial loss. I took my American Express points that I was going to use yeah. for a vacation someday. I'm like, you know what? I'm buying gym equipment because yeah, I need to do aggressive self-care. Like I cannot just kind of put this over uh, on the sideline and wait around for eight to 12 weeks or yeah. however long this takes, I have to get, get strategic and find a way. And yeah. that's really the difference between self-care and aggressive self-care is like, you're, you got to find a way. And it's like, Hey kids, we're instead of two hours of school, we're doing an hour and a half of school mm-hmm. or instead of the perfect, perfect dinner we're putting on together or being the perfect parent or whatever it looks like, like, Lower those standards. so You can actually take yeah. care of your own heart.
0: That's great. Someone needs to start like a Pinterest thread of just like, let's lower the standards. Here we go. Let's start a, a trend so that we're not trying to compare ourselves to everybody else out there. That's great. Other, um, other advice on that? Aggressive self-care? Especially, um, Allison, I know you work with a lot of moms can you speak to that at all? Um, cause I know that's, this is probably the biggest tension that moms feel this guilt, uh, and, you, know? you know?
2: And I think, I think you you nailed it on the lowering of the standards. I mean, it could be anything from I mean, It, it is again, the silver lining is you learn, um, Oh my gosh, my family can do with a lot less. Like my kids can make meals. Um, yeah, they, mm-hmm. can do dishes. they can take yes. out trash. They can fix the dishwasher. Our dishwasher broke, uh, you know, it, we're, our son is really capable kid, majoring in engineering, took the whole thing apart and fixed it with YouTube wow. videos, you know, I mean, it was so cool. Like, you know, like, and again, that's not that, but that was, and so part of it in our family is I am actually, because of some, um, uh, past, uh, issues with Lyme disease. I have an immuno and I'm very anxious around going to the grocery store yeah. mm-hmm. and I, but I pride myself on, I've got, you know, we don't run out of things, you know, we, and I've had to just let it go. Hmm. And, you know, we're out of stuff, we're out of milk, we're out, you know, people survive. And it's actually good for us, I think, to realize, you know what, this is, and I think back to when I was a kid, we ran out of stuff all the time, and I'm not that old, but it wasn't, it wasn't as instant. Yeah. You know, back before, you know, we had, we expected everything and our kids, it's actually, so I'm really trying to control, I did, because I'm really retraining myself. And I'm, you know, talking to moms about, you know, the things that you you think your kids or what they're used to having or having schedules all the time. I know at first it feels like, oh, they're just on their screens all day. But, you know, you'll get through that and they're going to learn. Like I'm talking to moms who are like starting have virtual recess. Kids are creative. And given a little boredom, they're on the screens and they're figuring out games to play together. You don't have to be with them every minute. Yeah. And they don't have to be video gaming. You know, they're doing okay. their own thing over Zoom, like doing hide and seek and show and tell. And it's okay to, for kids to be bored. Yeah. It's okay yeah. for kids to be unsupervised, <laughs> you know, as long yeah. as they're safe. It's okay yeah. to not, you know, it's, you know, we're not, you know it's okay to eat not 100% healthy every day. Yeah. We Our standards have gotten so high. And so really that reset part of this, I, I'll be curious how that part of it plays out in a healthy way. Right, right. Way.
0: That's so true. Well, and really, you know, it's like what you said, we're going back to the basics. We, we're going back to baseline. We're going back to, okay, how do we maintain spiritual and emotional health here? And that's what it looks like to not just survive the season, but thrive in it because I'm the same as you, Mike, you know, for me, aggressive self-care is like, I need, I, I love to go to the gym. That's a way that I work out stress. And, you know, and so it's like, man, I've got to just figure out a way to make this happen in the garage and hang up a pull-up bar, invest in some equipment or whatever it is, but this cannot get put on the sidelines because I will not be healthy 12 weeks from now. So that's really good.
2: And creating space for what it is that you like for, you know, if it's mm-hmm. if your thing is going to the grocery store or whatever, it's again, getting back to just owning. Yeah. Hey, this is hard. Going to, this is going to feel hard for me. Can we all as a family pitch in here
1: yeah. and
2: help, you know, I'm in a, it's going to help me if we can, if I could go to the grocery every two weeks and that's we're going to run out of something, you know, so again, communicate about it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is with school and we, we, you know, this could be a whole nother session, but kids are so smart. What they're mm. learning in sixth grade is like crazy. <laughs> you know? They're going to be okay if yep. they don't get a lot of schooling for a couple of months. And, you know, I don't, again, I'm not, I'm saying that sort of tongue in cheek, but th- what kids are producing in schools right now is in, is amazing. And also it's okay if it's not sustained and there's a, right. a gap in it. They're going to be okay. Wow. Um Davy, can
0: I? Yeah, can go, go for it, Justine.
2: I love that aggressive
1: self-care. And at the same time, there's this, there's gonna be a lot of people who watch this or listen to this who are like, I can I can hardly get out of bed right mm. now. Like, and you're telling me that I need to set up a gym. Like, and we <laughs> know we know that, like we know the research and stuff like that. And so, like one of the things because I I mean Self-care is one of the things that helped dig me out of the deep, dark hole of grief. And it started with a post-it note with five things, eat, sleep, move my body, drink water. Those are human obligations. Those are not self-care. And then I added on coloring because it was easy. Like, and so, and then it evolved throughout the years. And like, and now it's like an elaborate thing and I love it and things like that. But one of the things and mantras that I, I have taught clients for years is, grace-filled permission to struggle and fall off track. Mm. And in that very next breath, you begin again and you have accountability with somebody. So like, great, you've worked out for two weeks and then you hit the wall because they announced we're in this at least until April 30th and you freaked out. All right, grace-filled permission to struggle and fall off track. Do you need a couple of days off? And then you begin again.
0: Mm. Like there's- yep.
1: The balance, the undulating between the two extremes of balance doesn't work for most people. Find your right. messy middle. And so it's that, it's that and part. Right.
2: I Almost say that aggressive, I think that's such a great point, that aggressive self-care in that situation is letting yourself binge watch the television for three minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. okay. And if that's what you've got to do, do it.
0: And that's where I think it's important for everybody to identify what does self-care look for me, look for like for you. me, exactly. because for, you know, for, for Mike, for myself, it's, you know. Hey, I mean, we're used, I'm used to going to a CrossFit gym and regularly, you know, having that kind of intensity of a workout. So self-care for me or aggressive self-care is how do I, as best I can remanufacture that here so I don't lose some of those rhythms at the same time, not hold myself to the expectation that I'm going to be able to invest in tens of thousands of dollars of equipment and create my own CrossFit gym in my garage. That's not going to be able to happen, but how do I adapt that for, for the principle of it? So I think wherever you're at whatever that looks like for some people it is like get up and make my bed every morning, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: you know, and that's, that's okay.
3: I would say too, like, just even from the exercise standpoint, anything, anything that would be extreme is probably not helpful. Mm. Like this is not the time to go like, I'm going to go work on my, my six pack. I'm going (laughs) to have a six pack in the, you know, that's not, that's not the goal here. The goal is that you, Choose an activity that honors yourself. That's what we're that's what we're talking about. And it's going to look a thousand different ways. And and I, you're you're right, Justine. Just that sense of like, if just getting out of bed and getting dressed and doing, you know, coloring, just something that is a gift to you. That have intentionality about that, having um, a plan for that, because mm-hmm. it's so easy to have self care, just get lost in this whole chaos and crisis and trying to get the kids educated and whatever, all the different things that we're dealing with our grief, Mm -hmm. it can get lost. And so just bringing it back to having a player in your day.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Okay. We've had a few questions, people asking about, um, isolation And um, relationally, how this, you know, plays out. And so I want to see if I can wrap all of these into one kind of question and let you guys speak to this. Um, How do you find the tension? How do you find the balance between um, the benefits of what this isolation is doing for us in terms of solitude, which is not a practice we're very well versed in as, especially Americans. Um, But also not allowing that to cause us to slip into, you know, emotional distancing from, you know, being connected with others. How do we find that tension? I hope that question makes sense. I tried to lump in a bunch of questions into one. But <laughs> it's
2: different if you live by yourself than if you live with people.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 the people have asked that like, hey, I live by myself and so let's kind of speak to that. If we can, yeah, all of those different scenarios. Living
2: by yourself, I mean, you—you you, sol loneliness is not isolation is not the same thing as solitude, and mm-hmm. so you have to have human contact. And so that's why I'm a big, big proponent of you've got a, a a lot of people I know are well. I don't know if it's possible now, but but right as it was coming, we're going to quarantine with a family. Mm-hmm. So that's one option if you're able to do that. Um, it can be a win-win where you've got a family that's got kids, and you can but that's not an option for everybody. If you are living by yourself, that's why I say structure is your friend. You've got to have scheduled time. I would say each day, whatever, you know, you know what you need, um, but where you are with folks checking in with you intentionally, you might have to ask for it. I hate it that that's true. Mm. I've had single friends texting me being like, I need you to text in on Mm. checking on me because everybody's kind of processing their own stuff. And it's like, I get it. I got it. I'm on it. You know, it's, It, and so you may have to ask for it because you're going to need that contact almost more than, um, you know, folks who are still dealing with hard stuff within a family context.
0: Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other thoughts on that?
2: I think there's, there's a big piece of,
1: like, get, get used to being uncomfortable. Like, there will mm. be moments that you're like, gosh, I'm so happy I'm alone right now. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be days that you're like, I need, I just miss people. Me crazy. Right? Like, <laughs> me crazy. And so like, it's uncomfortable and it's vulnerable. And it really requires us to reach out for help, speak the unspoken and ask for what we want and need. And most of us are not good at that. Yeah. And so I, that's also then where we need, we need to show up for the people in our lives. Right? Like for me, I have a list of three single people that I kind of texted and I was like, okay, like, the dogs must have been, like, done. <laughs> Do you hear the herd? I hear them. <laughs> Chad could no longer contain them. But, like, I, I texted all three of them, and I said, is it okay if I check in with you regularly? And then, like, you know, two of them, I was like, okay, I, I, I kind of see you slipping away. I feel you slipping away. Will you download Marco Polo so mm. I can, like, so I can see your face? Like, just – so how do we show up for those people? Because a lot of times, most people don't know how to ask for what they want and need because they they don't know how to verbalize it. And yeah. so when we offer it, we help them find their words.
0: Mm, that's good
1: because we're not limited in our presence. Right, our presence. Right, that we're not limited in that.
0: Mm, that's great. Um okay someone asked I do integrative therapy with people from a Christian perspective can you speak to how to talk about god and suffering during this time? Wow, that's a big question. Um so so many families that are un, that are unsafe for cl- uh so many families that are unsafe for clients and they are looking to god for answers. I'm not sure exactly how that was phrased but um it sounds like what they're saying is typically Families that would not be um, open or receptive to that are now looking for answers about, you know, how, what does this mean, you know, in terms of how God is relating to us right now. So,
3: I, what, what I would say on that, and, and in general, in seasons like this and in any crisis, to be very slow to bring answers and meaning or God's. Opinion about what all of this means in your life. Yeah. I think I think the best thing and the best Christ-like thing and Jesus thing that we can do is to support people, empathize with people, yeah. um, love people really well, serve people well. But the answers to me, um, we have to be very slow with, so good. and um, allow allow it to get some time, some space. Uh, I, I think it, it is honestly, if you are in leadership in a spiritual leadership and a, have a platform to talk about this, rushing to answers or explanations actually isn't very helpful. That's great. Um, and give yourself permission not to actually have those answers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I know we have the, we feel that pressure, like, okay, this is what this means. And this mm-hmm. is what God's doing here. And I, I get it, but if we could put a pause on it, I think that that would be most helpful. And that would be real Jesus work in my opinion. That's so good. Yeah.
2: And remembering that exactly what you're saying, Mike walking by faith is exactly that it's not knowing. I mean, faith Mm -hmm. is not the same as certainty. We don't Mm -hmm. know. And you can hold two things in tension. You can hold fear and discouragement and desolation and hope. And I know God is good. And, and, Anytime you sort of force someone, no, God is good. Well, you can hold a couple of things at the same time. Yeah, I know, but I don't get this. This is hard. And so I think just really holding, knowing, you know, this is complicated and it's okay to have a lot of feelings and still know somehow that God is with us in all of this. We don't really get it. And that's faith. That, that is... Certainty is we walk by faith, not yeah. by certainty.
0: Well, I, love, I love that we can take our cues from Jesus. What What did he do in response to the con, the human condition of suffering? He entered into it with us. Mm-hmm. He exactly. took it on himself and he said, hey, I'm just going to enter in with you guys. I'm not going to try to create some answers for you or explanation, you know, but I'm going to enter it. And that's what we can do as Christian Uh, leaders and, and, and even, you know, healers and practitioners of that helping people to in their healing journey. Um, Okay. I think we have time for one more question. This one, um, Leah says, after my son died, I've struggled with anger. And like you uh, said, doing the basic needs, like you said, doing the basic needs, but since isolation, it's been difficult to contain my anger why am I feeling angry and how, how do I deal with that best? That's something that we didn't address earlier, the feeling of anger, but I can see how that could arise in this situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd say it's a trailhead. And by that, I mean, anger is a trailhead to, again, that long tail of feeling maybe angry at God, angry at things that happened long ago. And so just pay attention to it. Notice it, try to get curious about it try to extend compassion and give yourself time and space to mm-hmm. understand it. the anger wants, there's something, you know, emotions are cues. It's mm-hmm. telling you something. And just, so again, just notice it. And, and maybe, you know, there, when you get to, I have it's like journal prompts of how to get to know an emotion to try to kind of understand it, see what's underneath it. And maybe it, there's things that from your past that you hadn't really processed from that vantage point of anger and now whatever's happening in our world is triggering that, is tapping on that. And so it makes sense. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. I, anger for a lot of people is a secondary emotion.
3: It's
1: yep. really true, probably that fear, that. loneliness, grief, shame, yeah. hurt. And so yeah. name that.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get up underneath the, you know, anger is an easy, more yeah. callous emotion up on the top the surface. It's hard to get up underneath it and say, what is, what, what is this really? Anger, anger is a little bit more of a response emotion than it is um kind of what you're really feeling, that vulnerable emotion. So that's mm-hmm. good. I would encourage you as well to, to really try to get up underneath it and say, am I, am I ashamed, embarrassed, hurt, betrayed? What is this? You know?
1: Yeah, right. mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, guys, um, I, the last thing I want to ask you guys, because I know each one of you guys have a wealth of resources that we can you know, help people who are watching this right now, who are going to be listening later as we put, we're going to post this whole series up on our podcast as well after next week. And so how can people, What? what I want each one of you guys to share with us some resources that people can connect further with you and uh, kind of go down the rabbit trail of all of the different things that you guys are doing as you're showing up in the world right now and serving people. Mm-hmm. So Justine, you want to start? Yeah. Or we'll just go around the circle. You just tell us some resources that you have we can make available to people.
1: So I um, I share a lot of the work that I teach, the courage work that I teach on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and I share unique content on all of those platforms daily. Um, This season I have, um, I'm releasing a lunch break of courage every single day. I've recorded 25 videos so far. So like whether or not you go to my platforms and wait for the lunch break to be released, or you just want to go to my website, um, and view by topic. So literally just anything from feel the feelings, permission to feel the feelings, um, your partner or spouse is not responding to this the way you like (laughs) or respect and are struggling with that, like right? Like just all of those things, all the way to like today was like, how do you lead in love from afar and still make impact with presence? And just like, I think tomorrow's video is, look in the hole when you're doing videos. Like, so I want, I want your eye contact, like look in the hole. So it's just, if you need a four minute video of some joy and lots of truth and emotion and just how to navigate some of this with true courage, and presence. Um, I have all of those free resources on my website.
0: Great. That's great. We'll make make sure we put this and all the other ones that are mentioned here in a second, um, on the email we send as a follow-up and on, on our, um, resources page here. So Allison.
2: Um, I have, you can go to my website, boundariesforwomen.com. And I have a bunch of free downloads primarily on boundaries. One of them is an audio guide. That's a guided reflection to actually process through an emotion and it's free. Um, I send out a weekly e-newsletter right now and answering questions primarily on bound related to boundaries and what we're dealing with, um, kind of in our climate. And then I have a course, a video course, Boundaries for Women, which is um, really a grass tax. Um, and I'm giving it away right now for 50% off. I think it's like $24. I can give you the discount code wow, for folks okay. for internet. It's about an hour. Um, so if you're dealing, struggling with boundaries, relational boundaries. Um, and then I'm right now part of my own. I'm on socials, on Instagram and Facebook. I'm really trying to process so much of what I'm getting from clients and what I'm working through. I'm trying to process through data points to get out to other people as helpful yeah. ways of kind of daily, like if this is what you're dealing with. So, you know, that's another way where I'm around. That's
3: great. Mike? Yeah, I think probably the... Uh, kind of my home base is mikefoster.tv. Um, that's my website and there's probably two things I would encourage people to maybe lean into. Number one is I have a free download called brain detox, which just helps give some practices and some coaching about how to, uh, uh, declutter our brain and declutter our mind from a lot of this anxiety and worry and create a calmer, uh, existence. And so it's it's kind of a Marie Kondo for your brain. It's a free download. It's at uh, my website, mikefoster.tv. And then the second thing is, uh, you know, I, I've done some guided meditations for people. Mm-hmm. And I know we didn't really, I didn't talk about that that much, but it's another way to help sort of discharge some of the anxiousness that we're feeling by just I call creative repair some visualization it's not weird kind of buddhist you know not you know ringing bells or anything it's just it's just seven to eight minute uh, meditations that will really again help center you again that's at mikefoster.tv and then the podcast fun therapy is on spotify and itunes great and I'm talking a lot about this season of Uh, you know, the crisis that we're in right now and how to navigate that on the podcast.
0: Wow. That's great. Well, um, if you guys are looking for uh, kind of some ways to connect with people, if you're feeling this isolation, we just launched nothing is wasted. Our community groups is a free platform for you to connect with other people who are walking the current that it's targeted to the specific valley that you're currently walking through. So there's groups for all different types of categories out there. You can also go there if you're looking for some community, but um, we'll make sure we put all these resources on the follow-up email that we send out to all of you guys who registered to attend this and, um, guys, dream team, seriously, thank you so, so much for spending some time with us. I know that your time is highly valuable, especially in the season as a lot of people are asking for, uh, time with you and some advice and all of that. So we just, I'm so grateful that you would share that time with us. Um, I really do appreciate that. It's great.
3: Thank you. my pleasure
0: thanks, thanks, thanks. thank you thanks everyone now um, we discovered this when we first did the our first webinar our first uh, we, there's no way for us to sign off all of the attendees and for you guys to stay on so I, everybody's gonna have a window into me awkwardly signing off with you guys as well but <laughs> I'll make sure I send a follow-up email just to you know thank you guys as well but I'm just I'm I'm super super honored that you'd spend some time with us and our community it's great awesome. thank you thanks
3: Amy thanks everyone. guys Thank you